1: Jesus said, "If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I used to believe that as long as we have a strong relationship with God, we can get by without people. I was wrong. No doubt I based this thing in on my own experience. As a child, I had suffered rejection, and so I'd learned to survive without needing others. Now it is true that a person can survive without deep and meaningful relationships. Yet God's purpose for us is not merely survival. He has a plan for us which includes maturity and wholeness, and that will involve learning to relate to others. Jesus summed up life's goal in terms of love, loving God and loving others. Living on the vertical plane alone falls far short of wholeness, just as living on the horizontal plane does. We need both. Man was not created for isolation, but as a social being. He was created in the image of the triune God who is eternally a relational being. And we have been created in His image, that is relational. In fact, we have been designed in such a way as to be incomplete without relationships. Like it or not, human relationships are an indispensable part of life in God's world. Our emotional well-being depends on relationships with others. This is Set Free with Ken
0: Legg. Thanks for joining us. It's Phil here along with author and pastor Ken Legg and this week we've been looking at the subject of addictive behaviour. We're focusing on the fact that at the root of many addiction problems is unresolved emotional pain. People who've never learned to connect with others have no emotional outlet to vent what they're feeling. The drug then becomes their refuge, the place that they can go in order to find relief. Now, Ken, you've been sharing with us that this foundation for emotional wholeness needs to be laid in the life of the addict, both vertically with God and horizontally with others. You just unpack that a little bit. Yeah.
1: Um, let me just read a quote, if I can, from Dr. Mm-hmm. Hen- Henry Cloud. I know that many of our listeners will be familiar with his writings. Uh, he refers to this process as bonding. And he says this, without a solid bonded relationship, the human soul will become mired in psychological and emotional problems. The soul cannot prosper without being connected to others. No matter what characteristics we possess or what accomplishments we amass, without solid emotional connectedness, without bonding to God and humans, we will suffer sickness of the soul. Mm, And he's right.
0: Yeah, he's absolutely right.
1: I think it's a good summary. Now, of course, there's a vast difference between being alone and being lonely. To be alone means to be on your own, and that's not necessarily a negative thing. I think all of us need times when we're on our own. We need moments to reflect, to to be replenished, to reaffirm our own individual identity, Mm -hmm. and so on. And it's unhealthy to have a, say, like a codependent relationship with others. Often Jesus withdrew and uh, was alone. But loneliness is different to being alone. It's it's the absence of meaningful relationships with others. Mm. Loneliness occurs when a person is not fulfilled and enriched in the primary relationships of life. And that's why it's possible to be in the midst of a crowd of people and yet be lonely. Yeah. In fact, some of the loneliest people live in the most densely
0: populated cities of the world. Uh, sadly, some of those people are in marriages as well. Yes, that's very true. What do you do though? What advice do you give someone who doesn't have that emotional outlet? You can't just click your fingers and have friends. Right. Uh, you're suggesting anyone who's unable to express their feelings on a horizontal level, person to person, is vulnerable to addictions. That's not a good place to be in. Uh, they're liable to take refuge in some other form of behaviour, I guess, that it'll give them temporary pleasure. Yeah, I think so. Um, So,
1: you know, you're asking what would I say to those people. I'd ask them the question. um, It's quite a direct question, okay? I'd say name three people in your life with whom you could be totally transparent. That means to share anything with. Mm. And secondly, who will also accept you unconditionally. Now, do, do you have three people like that in your life? The People that you can share anything with knowing that they will not reject you, they'll accept you unconditionally, okay? If you haven't got three... Do you have two? If you don't have two, do you have one? Now, if there's not one person in your life that you can be totally transparent with, and uh, without the fear of rejection, then you need to start praying for such a relationship in your life as a priority. Yeah. Uh, of course, you know the church should be a safe zone where we can be real when we've mucked up, where we can say, "Hey guys, I really blew it big time this week. Please pray for me and stand with me." It should be a safe zone where it's a place of grace. You know where. We're free to confess our failings. That's normal church without fear of rejection, you know. But when that kind of environment doesn't exist, you know what happens, Phil? People start pretending. They put on a mask, everything's fine, but it's not. Underneath, they're struggling, mm-hmm. and so they go underground with their problem. And, of course, as we've been sharing this week, one of the chief characteristics of addictions is secrecy? Yeah, things like pornography. People do that without others around them. You know, it's a very much a private addiction, or or gambling. A lot of people um, do that on the side without others even realizing that this problem is going on in the person's life, and and it's often because we haven't created an environment where people can come and say, "Hey, look, I'm really struggling with something. Would you stand with me?" Because you know they feel rejection if.
0: They own up to some kind of weakness in their life, you know. Mm. And often we feel like we're obliged that we've got to live to these standards and if we've failed, we don't want to face the music, so to speak. It's hard. And it's a real challenge to the church, of course. You know, In some cases, maybe the help and support is there, but the addict himself has become, I guess so, entrenched in a lifestyle of isolation that they fear opening up to anybody else and they learn to become emotionally connected, or sorry, to learn to become emotionally connected to others. you know, It might be a pretty scary thing.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I think it's a new thing for a lot of people, you know, because they haven't had that. You know, we've spoken in the past that if for some reason love and acceptance were not there for us in the formative years of our lives, then we'll grow up facing all other relationships with a sense of mistrust and insecurity. Yeah. If we've not been properly rooted in love, then our entire lifetime is gonna become a struggle. Now, many of us did not learn at an early age how to build meaningful relationships with others because a key factor there is communication and and many of us don't have those communicational skills if we've come from dysfunctional homes. You know, we've talked about that in the past. But here's the thing, Phil, it's not too late to learn. Salvation, which meets our greatest need, which is reconciliation to God, also empowers us to build meaningful relationships, to get it right horizontally as well. I often say if God has met our greatest need, which is reconciliation with himself, won't he also meet every other need, including our need to form emotional bonds with other people? And so in order to lay a solid foundation for this, I believe we need to do two things. We need, first of all, to remove those obstacles and objections which have kept us from developing meaningful relationships in the past. Now, that might include dealing with excuses and reasons. You know, like we sometimes say, oh, well, I've got God, I don't need other people. I used to say that, you know. Mm. Um, that's like spiritualizing the problem, you know. Uh, or we might just self-reject. Why would people want to have a relationship with me? <laughs> Sounds kind of like, oh, you know, so so humble. But really it's not, <laughs> hey. it's not really, you know, because the focus is on me and, and yeah. not on the solution. Or self-protection. That might be another, um, you mean like I've Except, been hurt before, I don't want to make myself vulnerable again? Exactly, you yeah. know. Uh, hey, I'm not going down that road, you know, because... I've had too many bad experiences, you know, you, you, you. or generalizing. You can't trust people. Yeah. What, everyone? Yeah. <laughs> Every one of these 7 billion people in our world, we can't trust one of them? Yeah. Uh, you know, we base those sort of things on on past, you know, hurts and so on. So that's one problem we have to deal with, I think, if we're going to start rebuilding a relationship with other people.
0: And, and like so many dealing with so many things in our lives, it sounds here that first of all, we need to recognize there is a problem and take ownership of it.
1: Yeah. Now, the second thing, I think, Phil, is this, that um, – I I believe the greatest key to basically setting a person free to enjoy a real and meaningful relationship with others is to know and be assured of God's unconditional love Mm. for them. John says this, Beloved, if God first loved us, we ought also to love
0: others. And that really connects back into dealing with our addictions, doesn't it? Because when we know and really understand God's love for us, we feel safe enough to be able to do something about it, I guess. Yeah, you know, we've
1: been saying this week, Phil, that um, uh, the psychological uh, root, if you like, of addiction problems is not really dealing with emotional pain in the right way. It's just, you know, these addictions have become coping mechanisms. We turn to wrong things to deal with that pain. But God has really set up life that we should be connected to himself and then to others and to really find those outlets as the proper avenues for which to take our emotional pain and find the relief that he wants to pour into our lives and bring healing and wholeness, you know.
0: Well, that brings us to the end of our series this week. Hope you can join us next week when we start a brand new one. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free.
1: For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book This Is The Life, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au.